Hey kids, it's me, Icy Robots. We're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time we're gonna like open some spooky cards, gonna do some stuff like that. Gonna talk about the latest in my quest for the Food Cube's Cure. All kinds of things of that nature. Uh, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat! Okay, Icy Robot. I am on the Tech 12. This is one time for your mind. The world's famous IC Robots show. As we enter the scene, IC Robots is still in his lab working on the cure. He looks tired and sallow. Dirty. He might smell bad. Hey guys, it's me, IC Robots, and I'm uh, recording from my laboratory right now. I'm still hard at work on trying to find something to separate the stuff from the food cubes. What I have discovered is that what, what we're looking at is... The food cube is mostly normal ingredients. Low-quality meats, low-quality whatever, but there's minute traces of the stuff and when they enter the body they separate from the food cube and eventually when enough of the stuff has accumulated inside your stomach from eating the food cubes it takes over the uh the main brain functions and then you are a food cube zombie for life unless i can come up with something i've been i've been having a little bit of success i i tried something combining two red skittles with a ground-up spree that that did manage to um, dislodge some of the stuff, but it it, it, it reattached. I I'm working in that direction right now. I I've put together a um, a combination of Baja Blast Mountain Dew, three sprees, two red Skittles, and one lickum stick. Not the not the powder, the stick. The stick is dissolved. It was injected into the food cube, and it it caused some of it again to dislodge, but it it, it reattached. I need something that is going to cause it to uh, leave the cube, stay away from the cube, and then eventually we can put it into a pill form. People can eat it, and uh, it'll it'll poop the um stuff out your uh your backside or possibly your mouth hole. I have not I have not worked that far ahead, but. We're having a little bit of success, not as much as I would like, but we are having a bit. Oh, I got another call from Malcolm uh, over at Pooptronics. Let me play that for you right now. Very, very threatening call. Things are, are getting weird. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. I see robots. It's Malcolm Stillwater again. Listen, we've tried to play nice with you. I offered you a raise and some nice perks. All you had to do was shut your hole. You couldn't do that could you? Well, my lad, no more playing nice. We have far more control over these so-called food cube zombies than you could ever imagine. If I were you I'd move because you should be expecting a visit from us real soon. And it's not the nice kind of visit either. Goodbye. I mean, that uh, that's obviously a threat, right? I mean, that's like a threat. He says he's coming over and it's not going to be nice. It's not like the nice kind of visit where he'll bring like a, you know, coffee cake and we'll chill out. This is the bad kind where something's going to happen. What? I don't know, but, you know, we're ready, dude. We got, we got the lab on lockdown. I got the dogs. We have at least a month's worth of food in the house just in case. We have everything. Paper towels. You name it, so we'll be fine. I can't imagine that, uh, I can't imagine it's gonna get too rough, but, um, anyway, anyway I gotta, I gotta get back cracking. 
on this um on this antidote. There has to be something here that I can use to uh, counteract the effects of the stuff. Let's let's move forward. Uh, let's move forward to some other some other activities, unfood cube related activities. Now let's return to Earth. Let's open a pack of weird trading cards. We're the best! We're the beautiful! We're the only! Ghostbusters! The wait is over. Happy New Year! And the fun's about to begin. Are we all going back? Yeah! The Ghostbusters are back. Yeah! It's slime time. Two in the box! Ready to go! We'd be fast and baby slow! Ghostbusters 2. An Ivan Reitman film rated PG. When I was a kid, I was like crazy into Ghostbusters. I remember thinking that like the Ghostbusters theme song was the greatest song of all time. I remember thinking that Ghostbusters was the greatest movie I had ever seen in my life. I thought Bill Murray was the funniest dude in history. I still do kind of think that, so that's all good. But man, I I had a Ghostbuster t-shirt. I actually had two. I had a black one and I had a yellow one. You know, the shirt with just like the Ghostbuster logo. And I would wear these shirts like, I feel like every day. Like these are like my favorite shirts. I'm thinking... I'm thinking this was around, like, fifth grade. Teacher was Mrs. Stocks, who was not not very nice at all. Like, even, like, a little bit. I still think back about how, how mean she was. Like, for example, one time she she saw into my backpack. Like, I was, like, a messy kid as far as, like, my paperwork and stuff. And she saw inside my backpack and that there was, like, all kinds of, like, crumpled paper and stuff. And she grabbed my backpack and, like held it upside down and just dumped the entire contents into the middle of the classroom where everybody could see and she made me stay after school and organize my backpack while she watched. Like, it was any of her business. I was doing fine in school. Everything was great. I just happened to have a whack way of organizing papers. I was in fifth grade. This is... This is a tangent. Mrs. Stocks was super mean, though. I, she crosses my mind every once in a while and I'm always like, what a, me what a mean old lady. I wonder what happened to her. I, I would imagine that... She's long since passed away, and this isn't even really, like, worth thinking about. But, uh, anyway, I was, like, I was, like, crazily into Ghostbusters, dude. I loved it so much. I thought it was just, like, the greatest thing ever. I loved wearing my Ghostbusters shirt. I still, I still think that, like, the Ghostbusters logo shirt is one of the best shirts of all the, uh, all the times in space. It's up there with that, uh... Austin 316 shirt, you know, those kind of just, like, simple, awesome logos, but, uh, what we have today, we have a pack of Spooky Wookie Halloween season related cards, and this, uh, idea comes from my guy Preston, shout out to Preston, you can find him at Squared Stiff on the tweets, he's the editor-in-chief of Retrofied Magazine, which is a lot, a lot of fun, you can find that, uh, by, uh, following him, he also puts on the, uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo, dude is like, Dude is like a jack of all trades. And he reached out to me and he was like, hey, why don't you open up some spooky wookie cards on the show? And then he sent me a list of some uh, possible suggestions. And um, amongst them was Ghostbusters 2. And I did some research and I found out that there were no Ghostbuster 1 cards. So these are, in fact, the rookie cards of the Ghostbuster. So shout out to Preston. Let's see. 
The cards were released in 1989. They are an 88 card set. Cards 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 are the rookie cards of the individual characters. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver as Dana, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson was at the uh, Santa Rosa Comic Con one year. He was like the guest of honor and he was doing like a Q&A and... I thought that he was, uh, I thought he was a little rude, honestly. Like, he didn't seem like a bad guy once he got warmed up, but at first, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't like a terribly forthcoming guest, in, 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 in my opinion. He made fun of the size of the show, which was one of the, one of the things I thought was weird. He, uh, he pointed out, well, like, you know, this isn't really like an exactly, like, a big comic show or anything. And I'm like, well, you're kind of dissing yourself, because you're, uh, you're like the guest of honor at the show, so... Why, why are you doing that? But it, anyway, I I didn't think that he was all that nice. Your mileage may vary, as they say. But um, let's see. we got this 88-card set. And I looked down through it. And the card that is number 44, it's called Merry Christmas, New York. That's the first card of all the Ghostbusters in their Ghostbuster uniforms on a card together. So I'm going to say card number 44 is, in my unexpert opinion... The rookie card of the Ghostbusters team. I would think that is the best one in the pack. Let's let's open it up. It's already it's already kind of unsealed. The the glue on these doesn't last forever. Let's shake the gum out here, and we're gonna see the first card we got. The first card we got is called the Confrontation. That is card number seventy six, and it, it says the Ghostbusters come sliding down ropes into the museum and confront Jan. So was a let's see that's. That's cool. Then we got uh, Rick Moranis making a move on uh, Andy Potts. That's card number 72, Tully's Big Chance. Bizarre Revelation. This is card number 81, and it shows the Ghostbusters looking at a painting on the wall. Let's, uh, let's move these aside. Hold on. Let me move these over to here, and we shall continue on with the looking. A total of eight cards and one sticker and one stick of gum. That's one of the things about uh, non-sports cards that's not as fun as like baseball cards. There's, there's so many so many less cards. Like a pack of baseball cards is like twice that, but you only get eight of these for the same price. Let's see, the next one is, it's a behind the uh, scenes card. It says, they are filming in a subway and it shows them uh, the legendary Van Horn station. It's recreated Hollywood style for the scenes in which Stance and his ghost busting cohorts are lowered into the abyss. Then we have the sticker card, and it uh, is a picture of the three Ghostbusters peeking around the corner. I'm thinking this is the library scene. They all look they all look very surprised. The sticker card is always my favorite. We're going to sit that one over here. The next one here says Sigourney Weaver is Dana. That's card number four. So this is, in fact, the Sigourney Weaver is Dana rookie card, which is cool because I also have that uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley rookie card. So we're going to sit that one over here. So far, that's the best one. The next one says, all squeaky clean, and it's a picture of Bill Murray, and on the back it says, Dana takes refuge at Peter's apartment, which is a total mess, after Mood Slime fills the bathtub in her own apartment. She's looking at Bill Murray like, don't you try anything with me, you perv. Let's uh, see. The next one is, it's an artwork card of the Scolari ghost, and on the back it says, the Scolari brothers sent to the electric chair are back with a vengeance. This is an artist view of the gangland ghost. This one's actually pretty cool. It's a drawing of a guy. He's all ghosted out. Very cool. Let's sit that one over here. And the next one, it says love. 
Manhattan style, and it is a double shot of uh, Dana moving in on Bill Murray for a smooch. And it says, question, can Peter Venkman ever be serious? Answer, rarely, but sometimes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's nice. I like that. Uh, sometimes. I guess so far, and, um, well, actually, that's it. This, this, uh... This segment's all out of whack. I apologize. I I have a bit of a stomach ache this morning. I don't know why. I don't know what from. But uh, you know, just like you wake up sometimes, I have a little bit of a uh, internal distress, and I I'm out of whack as far as doing this. And I apologize for that. But I still I still think this has been fun. But if you're wondering, hey, why is the awesome uh, icy robots complaining about uh, meeting Ernie Hudson? That's why. I'm a little grouchy right now, and I apologize for that. But we did we did get Sigourney Weaver as Dana, which honestly would have been the card I would have wanted most, I think. Either that one or card number two, Bill Murray as Vankman. That is a very, that's a very nice card as well. Honestly, nice Bill Murray. That might be the Bill Murray rookie card. I can't think of anything else that he would have appeared in before then. We know this is not the Sigourney Weaver rookie card because we know that she was in my alien set. Let's see. Oh, there is actually, you can click on Bill Murray here. I'm on a trading card database and you can see all the different cards that Bill Murray has appeared on. And it says right here, in actual fact, there was a card in 1988. It was a minor league baseball card, which shows Bill Murray and Brian Murray as the owners of the uh, Salt Lake Trappers. And it says, The incredibly funny comedy duo, the brothers Murray, have big designs on baseball as an alternate career, should their writing and acting jobs ever fall through. In the meantime, Bill dreams of pitching for the Cubs. That's cool. I I did not know that was a thing. But the 1988 Salt Lake City Trappers card number two is, in fact, the Bill Murray rookie card. There's also one of just Bill Murray by himself as the team owner. So those are cards number uh, number two, and then also number twenty nine. Let's let's see if those are actually available on the online. That's a fifty dollar card. The uh, Salt Lake Trappers, Bill Murray by himself, that's an $80 card. There's only two on the online right now, but that's that's pretty cool, man. I would definitely be interested in having that if I if I ever came across it, like at a show or whatever, at a at a reasonable price. So yes, I also clicked on Sigourney Weaver, and all of her cards are alien cards, except for this one card. Her 1979 Tops Alien number nine is in fact a rookie card, which is, which is pretty tight. Let's uh, let's get ready to move forward into the show. I think we've we've dilly dallied around this enough. We had a good time with these cards. Big shout out to Preston, dude. I hope that, I hope that this satisfied your need for this. Next week we're actually going to be back with another one of uh, one of uh, Preston's picks. I picked two for the big Halloween episode. We uh, have an even more fun one. One of the crown jewels of uh, scary trading cards. I will let you figure out what that is, and we'll be back with that next week. Up next, uh, Japanese League Baseball. This week in Japanese League Baseball. 39-year-old Noriachi Aoki lifted his Yakult Sparrows to victory over the Yokohama Danae Bay Stars, crushing a grand slam in the fifth inning of a 4-0 win. Not to be outdone, 44-year-old Kozuki Fukudome crushed the go-ahead home run 
in the Chinuchi Dragons 5-2 win over the Yami Yuri Giants. The Bay Stars exacted a little revenge on this day, ending their 7-game losing streak with a 7-5 win, thus terminating the Sparrows' 13-game undefeated streak. The Oryx Buffaloes destroyed the Chibo Latte Marines 15-2 on 21 hits with all their runs coming in the second half of the game. Also, the Fukuyoka SoftBank Hawks shut up the Saitama Saibu Lions as third baseman Nobuhiro Matsuda became the fifth player in franchise history to reach a 300 career home run mark. Congratulations to him. That has been This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's me, man. That's that guy out there selling those vials of acid that that idiot Keldor, like, held up, and he, uh, he kind of looked down the nozzle of the bottle, poured it right on his own face. What a, what a loser. But, uh, let's see. We got, we got a Motu that we're going to open up this week. It's going to be fun. I've actually, factually, like, had this one sitting in the corner of my office for, it feels like forever right now, because, uh, I... I got a couple ahead, and then I got this one at a good price, and then it just kind of took a week off, and it's just, you know, it's been, been, been sitting there, but I'm, I'm dying to get into it. Let's, uh, let's grab it. It's a box. It has come to us from Temecula, California. That's on the other side of the state, but not too far as, like, as long as, uh, you know, things go. We're gonna cut into it. Got the Arthur Fonzarelli brand Switch. One cut along this side. It's a very nice box. It's a new box. You can tell. Very good condition. Um, the uh, folks in Temecula did a good job as far as that goes. We got it open. Oh, but you know what? Packing peanuts. They got me with the peanuts. Two peanuts spilled out. Please do not use packing peanuts. They, they're just whack, dude. They make a mess. They get all over the place. There's like three of them on the floor right now. Let me, let me tell you something I read about packing peanuts though the other day. I heard that you can use acetone and you can like turn these things into a blob of plastic. And then at that point you can throw them in the recycling bin. But I am not about to burn up the peanuts with uh, some chemicals. But the figure that we have right here in my hand is the guy that goes by the name of Faker. Faker is the blue-skinned He-Man looking dude with... Skeletor's armor, he has red hair, purple boots, he is a mysterious dude, is he like a robot, is he like a mystical creation, I know not, let's see, uh, find out what, what do we know about Faker? Faker was one of the earliest characters to be produced for the Masters of the Universe toy line, released onto the shelves in early 1982. His toy is a blue-skinned, red-haired repaint of the He-Man figure, wearing armor identical to Skeletor's in orange, with a sticker showing inner robotic workings over his chest. Only one mini-comic features the character and the suggestion is that he is an evil robot built to duplicate He-Man's power and use it to serve the forces of evil. He, uh, he sort of reminds me of the clone Thor during the Marvel Civil War at, at some point. This is the one, that miniseries, not the movie, the comic miniseries where Iron Man's on one side, Captain America's on the other side with a bunch of renegade heroes and stuff, and Tony Stark's 
like many years ago, like many moons back at an Avenger meeting, took a piece of Thor's hair and he he put it in a vial like a test tube and saved it for later. And then when the Civil War broke out, he cloned Thor and sicked him on the Captain America's team and Goliath got killed. It was very sad. That's what I think about when I think about Faker. The... The cool thing, though, about the clone Thor, back to that really quick, is that, like, he still exists. And every once in a while, I'll see, like, some kind of a group like AIM or, like, MODOK or somebody's out there. And they're trying to sell, like, a piece of the clone Thor. So that potentially you could clone your own Thor, but, uh, Clor is what they called him. But anyway, let's, let's go back to Faker. I got him here in the pack. And he has that classic Masters of the Universe card, the, um... The card is not punched. I just punched it right now. That's the that's a little piece that you hang on the hook. Let's just go ahead and bust a hit, bust into him. It says Faker, evil robot of Skeletor. So I guess that answers your question right there. If I would have just looked at the package, we wouldn't have had to uh, done any of that because there was always a question, like we learned in that last little bit, about what is what is Faker. But then he also he has a robotic panel on his chest. So how mysterious is dude? I never. I never not never had dude back in the olden days because I I did want him. I thought that he was cool, but I just never had him because I couldn't get my folks to spring for a dude who was essentially another dude that I had, but just like a different color. That wasn't going to fly, but I did think that it was kind of dope, and I did sort of want him. Sorry about the crinkling. I got I almost just cut my face off right there with the knife. You didn't see how close that it came to my face when I was opening the package. I uh, got to be more careful, dude. You can't do, like, four things at once. Let's pull the weapons off the back. I apologize. This is some Bush League stuff. I'm just trying to get his weapon. He has orange armor. Like our guy Skeletor, like the evil being Skeletor. And then he also has an orange version of the Sword of Power that uh, both He-Man and Skeletor come equipped with. Let's bust into this. I'm just going to rip right through the packaging um, and get the sword out. This version is the full version. In the He-Man and Skeletor each comes with half a version. This one is the whole entire version. The figure's really great, though. I... I think it was like $15.99 with like $2.99 shipping, which is which is more than they are in the store. But I never saw him in the stores here locally, even though I did look. Because I, I really want the ones that I didn't have when I was a kid that I wanted. Those are the ones I really want in this retro line. Are the ones I longed for as a youth and did not have. And Faker was one of those guys that I longed for. I just, I liked... I like the fact that he was like He-Man, but he was blue. Honestly, he seems cooler than He-Man, just in the fact that he is blue. He's Smurf-tastic, which is neat. Probably max on the Smurfberry Crunch, possibly the blueberries that, uh, booberries, rather, that lead to his, um, his skin tone. Underneath his armor is, like, a robotic, uh, faceplate of some sort. It's, like, it's, like, drawn onto his skin. I believe in the original figure it was a sticker, but this one, it's kind of, it's drawn on. You can see the, um, some buttons and stuff. So, our guy's obviously a robot, dude. He's obviously one. I know one when I see one. I am, after all. But, um, dude, he's cool. The, the joints are at the ankles, the foot, the knee, the waist, the shoulders, the, uh, wrist, the elbow and the neck. So he is very poseable. Very nice figure, man. I I gotta be honest with you, man. The other day I took um I took Merman and I was gonna take some pictures of him. I took him outside and I'm like, I'm gonna get a couple pictures of Merman. This is my OG Merman. And these older ones were like they only bend at like five points or whatever. They don't have a lot of like uh 
photogenicness. I was not able to get a picture that I really liked. I couldn't get his head to turn the way I wanted. I couldn't get him posed how I like. I just couldn't like, I couldn't show his power. I mean, this guy's like the Lord of the sea and I couldn't show how strong he was because his body doesn't bend that way. But this guy, this faker, these new ones, they like are very poseable, man. I'm playing with him right now and I, I have made him look in a way that really exudes force. I'm super pleased with this. Let's sit him aside over here and we're going to see what's uh, the mini comic. It's called Sucker Punch. It's a He-Man and Fisto story. Fisto's cool. He has a big giant uh, fist that he socks guys in the face with. Looks like in the comic, Faker is posing as He-Man and Fisto knocks him out, revealing that he is Faker. In this line, you got He-Man and Skeletor. Every time you go to Target, all you see are He-Man and Skeletor. But they do, they do seem to sell them. I can imagine, like, even being, like, a non-toy guy, if I was just, like, poking around the toy aisle and I saw one of these Skeletors that looked just like the Skeletors I had when I was a kid and the packaging, just like I had as a kid, and it's under 20 bucks, it's, like, 14 bucks, 12.99 or something, I would totally scoop it up. I think those, I do see those move off the shelf. And then you also got Fisto. Evil Lynn, and then Merman, the aforementioned Merman. Maybe I should buy one. I'll get better pictures out of him. And then also our guy, Faker. This line is heavy on uh, bad guys. The only new good guy you got is Fisto. And you got Evil Lynn, Merman, Faker, and Skeletor going as him and Prince Adam. Not fair at all, but still very, very cool. I'm super duper pleased with uh, Faker. I will forgive the packing peanuts for now, but in the future... Don't send peanuts on this assaulted. Alright, got it. Uh let's let's move forward into the show. We'll be right back. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something I went and I did that was kind of fun. And now a public service announcement from the world's famous anti-food cube council on nutrition and health. This is MLB grade Steve Balboni, and I have something important to say. Please. Do not eat Pooptronics food cubes. From what I hear, they're full of the stuff and can get you hooked and turn you into a zombie. Don't eat them. Get a slice from Sal and Carmine's or a nice medium rare baseball steak from Peter Luger's and Great Neck. This is Steve Balboni, and I would never steer you wrong. This has been a public service announcement from the world's famous anti-food cube council. A look at this week's flea market acquisitions. All right, guys, we are back. And big, giant shout-out to Steve Balboni. Dudes out there fighting the good fight like me every day, trying to keep people away from various food cube-related incidents. I I got to give it up to dude, man. Dude's a major league great guy. He's all kinds of uh, awesome. And he took his time out to make that for us. Let's see. Uh, the flea market was a little bit different this week. We only dipped in really quick because we actually factually went to a comic book show in Berkeley, the Berkeley Comic Book Show, as it is called. We'll talk about that in a sec, but uh, first, let's dip into the things we saw at the flea market, and it was much smaller. They were doing some kind of a crafting event at the uh, Veterans Building, so they moved the flea market back to Santa Rosa Avenue, so it was in the smaller locale, so we just dipped through on the way back out of town. Um, the Berkeley Comic Show was at noon. So we decided to, like, hit up the flea market on the way out of town, which we did. And the only thing I found there is something that's actually kind of, kind of cool and I'm pretty excited about. I found three cans 
of tab soda. I have not drinking a tab soda in so many years. I'm not even kidding. We went to a guy who had like, he had all kinds of like beer cans and like beer bottles and soda cans. And I do like old soda cans. I think that their cans for these outmoded brands and things really bring back memories to me. So I was, I was looking around and he had tab, he had tab cans. And like, I'm like, this is uh different than the one tab can I already have. The only, the only tab memorabilia I have is like one of the pink cans. I can see it from where I'm sitting right now. And this was this was like a different design than the one I had. So I'm, I was gonna, I was gonna inquire. And then when I picked it up, it was like, it was full. It was like full of tab. And then I noticed he had like, he had like two more tab cans and I picked them up and they were all full. So I, I inquired and I was able to pick them all up for five bucks, which is not bad for three full cans of tab, which I do intend to drink. I think I'm gonna bust one of these open, not now, per se. I'm waiting for a day when I need some kind of a pick-me-up, or I just need some kind of, some kind of interesting, interesting, like, whatever. I'm gonna bust open these cans, and I'm gonna drink them all down, and I'm gonna get all jacked up. But, uh, that was actually pretty cool. So I got those here in the office, and, uh, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll drink them all down at one time and tell you guys what that, what that was like. So we did that, and then we went to the Berkeley Comic Show. Berkeley is about an hour maybe like an hour and 15 minutes from from where I live. I haven't been there in like many, many, many moons. We used to go there all the time, me and my homeboy Slug Nutty, the owner of the uh, Yellow Cadillac. We drive there all the time because they have a really great uh, record store called Amoeba. And then there's one called Rasputin's right down the street. They're like, they're like huge record stores. And we would go down there back in our hip hop days and like look for beats but I haven't I haven't done that in just like many 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 moons so I was pretty excited to get back into the old Berkeley swing of things I was pretty excited to get back into an actual factual comic show I haven't even been like I haven't been to one in like forever it feels like forever and that was something I would do pretty pretty regularly the hook of the Berkeley comic show is that it's all comics it's not like pop vinyls it's not like cosplay it would be more accurately described as a comic book sale. The thing was set up, like, inside of a uh, high school gym. It was, like, an adult learning school. It was inside the gym, and it was just, like, jam-packed with vendors with long boxes of comics. I gotta admit, though, it's been, like, so long since I've done something like this that I kind of I kind of got into my own head. And when I got there, I got a little anxious. I didn't have, like... I didn't have the courage to dig as deep as uh, I would have wanted to. Things like this require a lot of, like, you got to have, like, a certain degree of intensity because you're there looking, you're digging for gold, you're mining for gold, and you got to kind of, you kind of got to, like, push your way in. I'm not saying, like, literally push, but you kind of have to move your body in there and make space for yourself because there were, like, a lot of people there. And it just feels like, it feels like it's been so long since I've done something that was jam-packed with people that I kind of, I kind of got in my own head. I kind of got shook, and I kind of focused on looking at the stuff that other people weren't looking at, which which is fine, but I didn't get the entire experience of the comic show that I would have wanted. But I'm still getting back into the swing of, like, real life. I mean, we still got, like, a mask mandate and everything here in California, and it's like, we haven't fully moved on from the, the world that uh, still exists but some people pretend like it doesn't exist. But we haven't really moved on from that world. So it's like, I just haven't done anything like this in such a long time that I that I got shook up. But I, I managed to come up with some gems, some goodies. And I apologize, because all my good stuff is across the room. And I'm sure you can still hear me right now. But I, 
I left the good stuff over there, and I have to go, and I have to roll and get it. I apologize. Let me put the uh, the cans back on and get back in. There were there were lots of good comics at the show. I do gotta give it up for that, man. If you had money to spend and you wanted to have a comic collection that was par excellence, this would be a good place to start. The thing that really got to me, though, it was like, all the comics are slammed nowadays, apparently. And I am just like, I'm not into, like, graded comics. It's not my thing. I don't begrudge anybody who's into them, man. You're into whatever you like. But to me, they just, like, they don't feel that need for a comic. I want to get the comic... I want to open it up, I want to read it, I want to enjoy it, and I don't, I've never actually got one, but hey man, if that's what you're into, dude, don't even sweat it, man, it's cool, I get it, I see the investment potential, but it's just, it's not my thing, and there were like, there were like tables and tables and tables of just slabbed comics, and that's, that whole thing is just like weird to me, I get it, I do get it, and I see how they sell for much, much, much more, but to me, I want to see the comic, I want to smell the comic, I want to enjoy the comic and read the comic. I want to bring the comic home and read it, dude. That's that's very important to me. But um, I did manage to get a couple cool things, and I'll go over those really quick. I picked up a copy of Daredevil number 25. That's the first appearance of Matt Murdock's twin brother, who is a major character in the comic right now. It's also the first appearance of the Leap Frog. I got that for $12. And then I picked up Daredevil number 26. And this one was only $5, so I was happy with that. I have, like, I have, like, this unofficial goal of trying to get, like, the first 100 issues of Daredevil. I just, I just think that would be cool. I don't have issue number one, which is obviously, like, the big, the big gorilla in the room. It's going to cost a couple thousand dollars. I don't have that one. But I do have a lot of the uh, first ten. So these ones are a couple that I needed. And I got these for, like, a pretty good price. The covers are awesome. And then out of a dollar box, I picked up uh, The Outsiders, number one. Not Batman and The Outsiders, just The Outsiders by Mike Barr and Jim Aparo. So I I did okay. I got some other dollar comics, some things that I want to read. What, I, what I've been doing lately is like buying comics to read, and then once I, once I check them out and look at them, I, I set them aside in a little stack, and I'm going to try to give like regular comic deposits to my nephew in Arizona. The other week I sent him nine pounds of old comics I didn't want. So now I'm going to be able to send him even more of these. I got maybe like a pound. A pound of dollar comics that I've kind of mowed through. And he'll get those, which is cool. Because you got to spread the love, dude. If you have like, if you have any younger relatives who are even showing like the slightest inkling of an interest that you have, you got to help formulate that interest, man. You got to worry about the younger generation and you got to worry about them with their digital hobbies. You got to get them some analog hobbies, such as collecting comics. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was that was crucial about the show. I mean, it was a good time. I got to say, it was a good time, very good time. But I I got too deep into my own head, and I kind of I kind of blew it for myself, and didn't look as deeply as I could have looked. And then after we left, I regretted it. But we did go to a delectable hot dog place called uh, Oscars in Oakland, which I've never, not never been to. And I love a good wiener, dude. Their dogs are delicious. It's awesome. I highly recommend it if you're ever there in the area. We hit up um, we hit up Amoeba. I got a stack of CDs. I haven't had the chance to go through those. I've listened to a couple. I got a Chemical Brothers one that I enjoyed, and I listened to that. And I got a uh, Massive Attack 
that I didn't have, and I listened to that, and that was very enjoyable, but I haven't gone into the uh, full everything yet. When I do, I'll break it down for you. If you're in the Berkeley area, check out that Amoeba, check out that Rasputin's. They're both fantastic. Berkeley is fun. Berkeley is fun. Telegraph Avenue has a lot of cool things on it, and if you just want to, like, if you're in, like, the Bay Area, if you're around here, you can definitely spend a whole day in Berkeley and have a good time. It's a college town, so there's lots of fun activities for people to do. Let's, uh, let's move forward, man. This has been a hoot. Let's go, uh, and see what else is going on in the world before we get up out of here. I'm here at one with nature, clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is World's Famous with your host, EC Robots. Yeah, that's me, man. That's your host, Icy Robots. We're gonna have to get up out of here, dude. We are up against it right now as far as time and all that goes. But I think we've had a good time. We've been together. We've spent some time talking. We've explored feelings, explored our minds, explored everything there is out there going on in the world. This has been like, this has been healthy for me. It's been healthy for you. I think that, uh, I think our relationship is going well and I think that we're doing fine. Let's pull our animal card of the week. These are, of course, messages from your animal spirit guide, the Oracle Cards by the great Stephen D. Farmer. Let me just, I'm just going to grab the one off the top here and we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that. And this week we have the power of the manatee. to our guy Grandmaster Grandpa for that one. Dude is always on the mix back there on the wheels of steel, flashing it up like Jam Master J back in the day. The power of the manatee says this, accept the situation as it is rather than fighting to change it. I think that this is, I think this is very timely, very good advice. We've got a lot of people out there who are just kind of trying to fight the flow of the world, trying to fight the flow of things, and it doesn't really pay to do that unless, of course, there is a great injustice going on that I don't think that there's a lot going on right now that qualifies as a great injustice. I think you all know what I'm talking about. So I feel like I feel like we would be in a much better place right now if more people would just go with the flow as opposed to feeling like everything is infringing upon their beloved freedoms. I, I gotta be honest, when it comes to freedom, I feel like I'm free to do whatever I want. Sure, I gotta wear a mask when I go out. I gotta wear a mask when I go to the gym, but it doesn't really like bother me that much. I feel like I'm free to travel somewhere else. If I, if I so choose, if I choose to, I don't want to wear this mask, I can travel off somewhere else and not do it. If I feel it's important, I can do just about anything I want. I honestly don't feel like I'm any less free now than I've ever, ever been before. I've always just, I do what I want. I do what I feel. I've never felt imposed on in any way, but that's just me. I do try to go with the flow as much as I can, though. But uh, I recommend, I highly recommend just the standard going with the flow, dude. Just go with the flow, accept things as they are, and you will be a much happier person, dude. Let's be like the manatee next week. And let's also, let's continue that walking meditation, our daily walking meditation. That's a very healthy thing to do. It's healthy for your body. It's healthy for your mind. Just get out there. Don't wear your earbuds this week. Just enjoy the sounds of nature. Enjoy the sounds outside. It's fall. There are leaves everywhere. It's nice. The air is cool. I was just out walking the dog. It was like 70 degrees. It was really great. Like like our guy Gino Vega said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's uh, 
It's happening all around us. We're getting near Halloween. Just enjoy it. Go outside, walk about, enjoy things, have a good time. So with all of that said, this is me, I suppose, signing off for everybody in the world who uh, cares about nice things. I just got to say, if you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, and bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack Now look at you, you're sitting there, bite your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the stage If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness, and an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're world's, world's, world's famous Yo, slick blow. That's right. Yeah. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody loves everybody. Right there, Thanks for being with us. We hope you enjoyed our movie. Stay tuned for the North Bay News Hour and tune in again tomorrow night at 8. Now, from News 50, Ed Bebout and Doug Silveri with Sports. Hello, this is Ed Beeb out with TB50 News. A large concentration of food cube zombies were seen heading away from Cafe This in the historic old railroad square and are heading slowly toward Highway 12 in the rink on Valley area. More to follow as the story develops. Make sure to tune in next week for the season finale of World's Famous. <laughs>